Hi there, and welcome to How To with Ann Malum. When deciding to do this podcast, I really wanted to create something that could give people real tools on how to execute on certain things. So often we talk about things on such a macro scale that yes, leaves people inspired, but with no real idea on what the steps are to make something in their own life happen. I challenge and encourage and probe my amazing guests to get granular and specific on their strategies, their mindset, their tactics, and their methodologies so that you can learn practical, actionable steps to best optimize your confidence, career, health, and wealth. What's up, everybody? Welcome to How To with Ann Malum. Today, we are fortunate to have Jay Ciano with us, and Jay's how-to is how to get dialed in. Jay is a New York-based entrepreneur, commercial real estate, and wellness executive who has been instrumental in advising and scaling some of the most successful brands in the world like Chipotle, Starbucks, Orange Theory Fitness, Massage Envy, European Wax Center, and of course, he works with me on Solid Core and Ambition. In 2010, Jay co-founded Saber Real Estate Advisors, which quickly became one of the country's most influential location-based real estate advisory firm firms. <laughs> Jay resides in New York City with his wife, Danielle, who I know very well, and their sons, Jax and Jace. What's going on, Jay? How are you? What's up, Ann? I am pumped for today's discussion. Yeah, me too. For you, Jay's one of my close friend guys. So, so Jay and I talk, you know, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. So this will be a fun conversation because I know how aligned we are about life values, lifestyle, uh, what we're trying to achieve and accomplish. So Jay, why don't we just get to let everybody know a little bit about you? If you want to just give some history of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, sure. We'll dive into a few fun topics here. Yeah, sure. So grew up in New York, went to college, University of Arizona, really, really far from New York. And um, unfortunately, when I was in college, my mother was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So I went to the University of, of Arizona as a uh, really more so as the life experience and uh, ended up you know, becoming a DJ nightclub promoter, uh, enjoying that lifestyle through college. And then after and uh, my mom unfortunately passed away after I graduated, uh, shortly after I graduated, which uh, really caused me to to uh, focus on what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And that's, you know, a big part of, of my story. Yeah, totally. And then so what did that mean for you from career from career wise? Like, how did that change? And then how did you sure. how did you end up in New York? Yeah, so I I actually was planning to stay out west, uh, but after my mother's condition worsened, I felt like I had to come back for obvious reasons. Wanted to spend time with her. Still had you know hope that she would would yeah. be able to recover, and she did. She was uh, in remission several times, but moved back to New York, and really at that time did not know exactly what I wanted to do, um, but knew I had to be back you know with the family. My family was in in the automobile business. Um, and I started having discussions with my father about coming into the family business, uh, but knew that I would not really be able to work with him very well. And that it also wasn't something I thought would be my calling. So, yeah. you know, always being super independent, I wanted to to find something that I could really do on my own and that I was passionate about. And how did you figure and out that real estate? Yeah, so I ended up, uh, I was living in New York City and I uh, I had a job as an assistant buyer for Men's Prada, Men's Miu Miu. So I was heavy into fashion. 
Um, so I would work all day at the Prada offices at 50, 50 West 57th Street, and then I would leave and I would go DJ or uh, or promote uh, you know nightclubs and whatnot um, in the evenings and typically party through the night and then show up for work the next day with one eye open. Um, so that was kind of a habit that I for formed early on in that lifestyle. Um, that only lasted a, a, about a year or so. And then I had an opportunity in a, a an online advertising company because I was very interested in what was happening with the, the dot coms, um, internet advertising. I'm, a, I'm somebody who's really fond of branding and marketing. So I saw that as an opportunity to kind of just grow my resume, which I did. But once I got there again, you know, less than a year or so in, I was like, this is not something I want to pursue for the rest of my life. Uh, and ultimately, when I when I started going too much down the you know into a downward spiral i would say um i realized that my mother would want me to actually focus and uh pick myself up and and you know start a career that i was excited about for the future uh real estate was always something that i was very interested in and i started to interview with all the bigger firms and ultimately took a job with a smaller boutique retail real estate company uh which is how i ended up doing where you know what i do today yeah and if you have to tell people what it is that you do today, I know I read your bio, but in your own words, what what does Jaciano spend his time on today? Yeah, so I actually help uh, founders and C suites uh, of of unique emerging concepts uh, scale. And yeah. you know what does that mean? That means that you know if I'm working with a company that has five to twenty locations, it's very different than if I'm working with a company that has twenty to hundred locations and so on and so forth. So we'll design, we really understand a business, try to uh, understand what the goals are, you know, the, the, the 10, five, three, one year goals are, reverse engineer the strategy to help the company get where it wants to be. Um, and a lot of what we do, the backbone of that is really the real estate side of it. Um, so we design a rollout strategy for companies both through traditional ways as well as you know AI today, a lot of high tech stuff that we have access to, and uh, we're able to really um, you know dissect the core customer for for a company and find where they are, and then ultimately uh, negotiate the real estate deals and uh, and do a lot more things. But that's really you know kind of a good yeah. basic description. Yeah, and if you. Um... Jay, if you can think back to that time, let's call it 20 years ago, what were your values 20 years ago? My next party. Yeah. And what do you think it was you were chasing back then? Because Jay and I spent a lot of time just riffing on, you know, behavior and our own behavior and the things that we do and trying to help other people who, frankly, are unfulfilled or unhappy, but in this cycle. And a lot of that is based off of emotion, right? People are chasing and a lot of the things we do, why we do is is involved in some emotion, good or bad, righteous or or not. Like, you know, it's just important to pay attention to what it is we're trying to feel because then it helps us figure out, you know, why we're chasing this thing. So can you put yourself back in that place? What did you think you were going to find at that party? My next high, you know, whatever that was, dopamine, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just constantly chasing the thrill. Um, you know, we we would... Uh, everything that we did was really revolving 
revolving around, you know, having a good time. And, and, you know, I also like later on in life now, I realize a lot of that was, was numbing, you know, what I was going through, the trauma of my mother being sick, yeah. the trauma of her passing. And, you know, I, I kind of solved for that, not by really getting down to the root of the, of the problem, but by numbing myself primarily through alcohol. Um, and then, you know, ultimately becoming a workaholic. So I kind of, you know, just, I figured if I could never stop, I'd never have to really sit with the pain, mm-hmm. and and that really is what I what what started me off, um, you know, down that kind of negative spiral of of just numbing myself to, you know, to get by. Yeah, and isn't it interesting because more so today than ever, we live in this world where it it because of productivity efficiency, you almost feel like successful or smart when you get the quick dopamine high, right? The thing that's like right there in front of you and it makes you feel good. You can convince yourself almost that it's that it's smart, that you know a shortcut that other people, you know, sort of don't. But uh, you and I have come a long way for those who don't know. And, you know, I guess unless you know Jay and I both, Jay and I both have really changed our relationship with alcohol. You know, neither one of us would classify ourselves as alcoholics, right, Jane? I, I, you know, I think today I actually, I struggle with that. You know, I, I, I know that, you know, I have family history of alcoholism in my family. I've always really like sat with that question, you know, am I an alcoholic? Um, Is, what does that mean exactly? You know, what do you have to do in order to be classified as an alcoholic? Um, you know, I think based on the fact that I've been drinking consistently for, you know, since I was in my early, well, I'd say late teens experimenting early twenties, and then ultimately like, you know, just really drinking very frequently, but not really just the frequency, like binge drinking, like, uh, you know, frequently as well. Um, and, and creating a lifestyle around that, like, you know, I, I, and I think a lot of people, this will resonate with a lot of people if they're being honest with themselves. Like I would actually not schedule my, my more difficult or challenging things in my calendar on Mondays, Mm. possibly even Tuesdays, you know, because my parties would start definitely by Thursday and they wouldn't end till Sunday afternoons, evenings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always knew that my Monday would be um, you know, kind of recovering and, and, you know, starting to feel a little bit more normal. And then by Tuesday, feeling better. And, you know, the older you get, it actually takes a little bit longer to to recover. But Wednesdays, I could <laughs> fill my calendar with like amazing meetings on Wednesday. Um, and, you know, that lifestyle kind of just being on that hamster wheel and, right. you know, realizing that uh, the the less I... I, you know, drank and, and the more that I spent time, um, you know, doing positive things and incorporating fitness and wellness into my lifestyle, the more optimized my week was, which, you know, for somebody who's really proud of being successful and high functioning, uh, once I found that and had that momentum, I, it became something I never really wanted to break. Yeah. And so you're struggling with that, that, that definition. Um, and I think, I think that's what the alcohol industry, Jay, is so good at is because they convince you all the things we hear, especially if you just said, I'm not really sure if I am or not, because we've been told if you're not, you know, if you're if your marriage isn't in shambles, 
if you still have a job, if you're not shitting your bed at night, if you're like, if, if you know, there's this long list of like diabolical things. And it's like, oh yeah, you might be an alcoholic. But as long as like you got all that shit together and intact and like that's going fine, like you can drink as much as you want to, you know? It's like oh, either you can or you can't. Yeah. And I, I can admit just because I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic, that doesn't mean I had a healthy relationship with alcohol by by any means. It became a very dependable, reliable habit at the end of most nights that was a was a, I was allowing and I justified like crazy no matter what the kind of day I had, whether I was like ending the day by myself and it was my time, my alone time to decompress, catching up with a friend. I had something to celebrate. I had I had a stressful day. I worked really hard. I mean, dude, you name it. Alcohol was the reward for any part of me making it through uh, and how the day went. And again, the alcohol industry loves that. And they they pitch that message to you constantly that like this has a place in all those moments. It's glamorous and it's OK. You know, it's 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 funny because, you know, fast forward to today, I had somebody I'm not even kidding you, a friend of mine. Uh, just DM'd me on Instagram that he apologizes, but he has to unfollow me because he's in a business that is predicated on the sales of alcohol. And I'm depressing him by talking about how bad alcohol is for him. And I'm like, <laughs> listen, man, all love. I love you and I'm, I'll support you any way I can. But, you know, I'm not changing this narrative anytime soon. So I get it, you know. Um, it's It's super interesting because... You know, I, listen, I've alcohol has been a problem for me. Like I've put myself in many situations where it was not OK. You know, I could have ended up dead, uh, you know, things of that nature. So, you know, I'm I'm not the weekend warrior that is able to have, you know, a bottle of wine and, you know, and and and, you know, mo go on with my my day, uh, et cetera. For me, it's, you know, once I start drinking, I have no intention of stopping. And, uh, you know, most of the people I'm around, that, that's just what it is. We actually, you know, we're proud that we we drank five bottles of wine, the two of us, as opposed to, you know, it's like, it's almost like you're encouraging yeah. that type of behavior as yeah. opposed to the opposite. And, you know, listen, I lived in a fog for many years. So um, it's really, really cool to be able to get to know myself better than ever, right. because, you know, when you don't have those, those periods of time that are fogging you, creating anxiety, and as a result, depression, you know, you're really able to do some amazing things. Like, I feel like it's kind of a cheat code in life where you like unlock this superpower. Um, and that's when you really find, you know, that community of like-minded people that are operating the same way, which is how you and I have continued to push each other and get closer. Yeah. And I also want for anybody listening who just heard Jay say, like, oh, yeah, like I, 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 I had to have seven, eight bottles of wine. I couldn't stop. If your brain just went to the justification of place of like, well, I don't do that. So I must not have a problem with alcohol. The fact that you even are starting to question if you might, I can tell you that you do. Right. I never question if I have a, a, a an issue with sugar or cigarettes. Like it's not that type. Of, I don't ever smoke. And like if I want dessert once in a while, like I don't go into like, hmm, is this an issue for me. But if you are even remotely starting to ask yourself that question, it means you have an unhealthy relationship with the substance. And I wasn't like Jay. Like I was never somebody who overdid it. But I consistently had a couple drinks, 
five, six, sometimes seven nights a week. And I wouldn't take it further than that. But that still meant I'm like, what, what am I doing? So don't justify your way out of having the difficult conversation with yourself just because your experience is not like Jay's. Well said. Um, cool. So let's talk a little bit more about, again, I feel like, and, and what, I feel like Jay, when was that now? A couple years ago when you did 75 hard? Cause there's, there's been a shift obviously over the time that I've known you and you are more, you know, which is sort of your theme for this year, more dialed in than I have ever seen you. So I want to know one, what caused that shift for you and two, what you're getting out of it? Because there are people who can easily look at your life, my life, and it's like, oh my gosh, how boring. It must be just like all the time, just dialed in, just whatever, where's the fun? And I'm I'm having more fun. I'm, like, I'm not having any less fun than I've ever had before. So I want to hear your take on that too. Yeah. So, you know, really it started for me with the when, when COVID first arrived, you know, it was super easy to just uh, day drink and, and watch Netflix, you know, while your businesses were spir- spiraling out of control. And, you know, quite frankly, I saw a lot of people doing that. And for me, when there's uncertainty, I need to, I need to be as focused as possible. Um, I, I'm very responsible for a lot of people's well-being um, beyond, you know, my household, um, which obviously is extremely important. But you know, in, in a time like that, I knew for me that I had to go the opposite direction. So uh, that was when, you know, I was hearing a lot about the 75 hard program. And of course, at the beginning, I was like, is this something I could even do? Uh, you know, I, I don't think I had not had a drink in 75 days since I was probably in my late teens. So the concept was super foreign to me. But I said, I you know, I've also used social media as an accountability tool for myself in a lot of ways, um, you know, and and have a lot of friends that, you know, we interact through social media and support group and community and whatnot. And I put it out there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do 75 hard. And once I say I'm going to do something, I 1 million percent am going to do it because failure is not an option for me. That's how I've approached everything in my life. Uh, so I did 75 hard the first time and it, I could not believe, you know, it's it was my first experience of true clarity. Um, you know, yes, it was difficult, not because of the fitness challenge per se, but the mental toughness uh, doing it the first time in New York, in uh, inclement weather, you know, having that second workout outside, seeking discomfort, you know, all the things that Andy Frisella talks about uh, and why he designed 75 hard was very true for me. And when I finished it, I was just not the same person. Um, and quite frankly, even if I tried, I couldn't go back to being the same person. My baseline forever changed. Um, so that was, you know, an amazing yeah. experience for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you've done it, you've done it a couple of times, you know, since then. And I feel like, I feel like Jason, you've done it a couple of times and now you're sitting here and like, you've almost just, it, be- it becomes like a lifestyle. It's no longer a program that you're looking to just finish and then go back because I know that you've done that too. It's like, okay, I'm done with this thing. Let's go back here. And then it's like, okay, now I got to get back in this thing. It's, it's, you learn that making the uncomfortable, which oddly become comfortable, like decisions, doing the hard stuff. When I put my head on my pillow at night, it's like, what, how did I push myself today? Did I show up for my commitments? Did I do the things that I know are good for me tomorrow? Or did I like look for the excuses, the easy dopamine rush, the easy way out, you know, all of those kinds of things. And like that 
I don't know. I don't know how different, obviously, people's moral compasses work or our guilt works, but that those kinds of things, when I'm not committing to the things that I know are beneficial for me in the long run, that's what gives me actually anxiety. Yeah. Like, you know, the, this when you're just focusing on the thing in front of you and not thinking beyond today, and all of those again, short term, short immediate gratification decisions end up like making us feel like crap. Yeah, I mean, I think that. Like even just saying what I said previously, like now to think about the fact that I thought that it would be difficult for me to do 75 hard, right. you know, and, and be where I am now committing to not drinking alcohol, you know, being alcohol f- uh, free for 2023 and really almost every day, essentially doing the majority of the things that would be considered considered 75 hard and and not really understanding how I, at this point, you know, couldn't really live this lifestyle. Right. Um, it's, I feel like I was robbing myself of such amazing things. And as a result, other people around me, um, by, you know, just choosing a different lifestyle previously. And it's, it's, you know, I, 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 we talked offline a little bit about, you know, thinking about how, you know, having some regret around not starting this sooner or, you know, so on and so forth. Part of me, um, you know, I have no regrets as far as, you know, my life experience. I truly can say I did most things, you know, at least once, which is pretty cool too, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm able to take those experiences and put incorporate them into my life um, and also my family, you know. So for me, this relationship with alcohol um, changed drastically because I've also been in many shitty situations where my kids were watching, right? And and those are the types of things that you're not proud of as a parent, right? Um, you know, and I and I I said to my boys at the end of last year, I said, you know, I'm just I'm not going to drink next year, and you know, and, and spoke to them about it, and they you know they brought up times where I was drunk, you know, t- in their company, coming home from a dinner or a party, and they're still awake. You know, and being in that in that condition and they remember it vividly. And that's kind yeah. of fucking sad, to be honest. You know, so I just I want to be better for them, you know, yeah. myself, of course. Right. But but really for for them. Yeah. And Jay, we think, you know, one of the things I don't think people think enough of is our reputation and what are like when we sit back and think, gosh, what would my closest friends say about me? And am I somebody that they would call in a time of crisis or in a time of, you know, when they need advice, do they respect me? Do they admire me? You know, what's being said when I'm not in the room from my kids, from my family, from my coworkers. And I think if you can sit back and think about what those things are, like, it's a really good test to figure out if you're showing up in the way that you, that you want to be. And that's really important to me. I mean, I don't give a shit what strangers think of me, but I definitely care what you think of me, what what my partner thinks of me, what my parents, what my sister, like that's, it's an important measure of, am I showing up in the way that I want to? Yeah. I I think, you know, also when I turned 40, I just had a very different view and outlook on life. Um, You know, I realized that I was compartmentalizing different parts of my life and I wanted to break those walls down, right? Like where I'd be in a corporate situation in business meetings with people where I was ashamed that, you know, I, if I had a short sleeve shirt on and my tattoos were showing, I felt like I couldn't really uh, own that, so to speak. And, and you know, I was I was Jay 
in different situations. And I got really tired of that because yeah. I feel like, you know, I was at a place in my life where, you know, I kind of proved to the people around me that, you know, I can be really good at what I do and still have tattoos. I can be really good at what I do and dye my hair if I feel right. like it or grow a beard or, you know, do all of these things that are, you know, I kind of say that commercial real estate chose me on some level because, you know, I felt forced to kind of figure out what I was going to do while dealing with the loss of my mother on some level. Um, you know, if I didn't really have a, you know, issues with alcohol and things of that nature, I might've stayed in the nightlife industry, but I very consciously made the decision to transition out of that. Cause quite frankly, I thought I would be dead at a young age and I probably would have, to be honest. Um, you know, I look at a lot, I don't talk about that much, but a lot of my life experience, I early on in my life, and especially when I lost my mom, I was okay with that concept. I was okay with not living a long life. Um, and you know, that all changed obviously when I got married and had a family. Um, it, it it's actually, you know, it, it's, it's emotional to say that because yeah. again, I don't, I, I don't talk about that. Um, but you know, that's, that's truly how I felt. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the, 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 just the alcohol piece is something that for so long I didn't I didn't realize what it was taking from me either and when it opens up this relationship with yourself and just like as you said sort of sitting when things don't go well like your first reaction is to again to have a drink and it's like what is going on in my body that I feel I can't handle this on on my own without something you know supporting that or you know, I think about all of the disagreements that I've had with folks and the, the ones that have been the most contentious, there was alcohol involved. Yeah. And so it's again, we just sort of allow this 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 substance to permeate and like it's just sort of part of it. Everybody does it. And Jay, when you talked about like tattoos and that kind of stuff, I think your content on Instagram now people need examples of people that look like them, right? Like we've all always known that just like watching women in the workplace, you know, people of color seeing X and I think same for alcohol. Like that's why I've been vocal too. And again, define addiction the way that you want to, but somebody who is for me, not married with kids, ha has the freedom to do whatever she wants and still chooses not to. It's like, oh, that's interesting, right? Like like Jack Harlow, you and I have talked about, of like sure. people in that game where it's like they have access. Like, isn't that why you become a superstar? So you can like get fucked up and do those things and and, and whatever. And it's like, totally. now, man, like I want to be an amazing artist. All that's going to do is get in my way. Yeah. So more people that are sort of saying, and people find them cool and people find them smart and they're fun. It's like, oh, alcohol, you don't need alcohol to be any of those things. So yeah, the more the more examples and people speaking up about it um, and and showing that life is so fulfilling without it, I think is really an important movement that is starting to happen. Yeah, even if your close friends start unfollowing you, yeah, because you're saying things that they don't agree with. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I I you know I think that it's interesting. I think it's a maturity thing as well, right? You know, I I I. I commend you for, again, it's all about access, right? It's access, options, you know, being able to, you know, have a, create a lifestyle for yourself that you can afford to, 
and yeah. you have a team of people in place that can make sure that, you know, if you are on a beach somewhere, you know, the the business is running, uh, you know, and that that was always kind of my idea of success was, you know, I, I hope I build something so I can just basically go live on a beach and, and you know, drink uh, some sort of drink with an umbrella, you know, in it and and uh, and just hang out. I, you know, it's it's funny how like those goals change. And yeah. just, you know, for me now, it's it's all about fulfillment. It's all about happiness. And I think that's different to everybody. But I don't think you can achieve fulfillment and happiness without doing difficult things that makes you proud of yourself that builds confidence. And I think, you know, a lot of people will look at, you know, myself and 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 the way that I operate and and maybe consider me cocky on some level. And I, I really hope that's not the case because I try not to 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 be that way. I really look at myself through many different lenses because I truly want to help other people be better than they are. Um, and, and, you know, through the success that I've had doing that for myself and I, but I think there's a fine line between confidence and, and, you know, and coming off arrogant or cocky, I think, especially in business and, you know, you should be proud of, you know, wins, you should be proud of accomplishments and, you know, it, it's it's challenging at times when people in your circle and sometimes your inner circle, you know, look at you maybe more, you know, in an envious way or in a competitive way, yeah. as opposed to that, you know, that these things are possible and and, you know, having that kind of abundance mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times, especially in the commercial real estate space, it's why I don't really enjoy the, the space um, anymore. It's very much, you know, well, if Jay is doing better, it means there's less for me, you know, like it's very much that mentality. I, I actually have to remove myself, you know, which is why I really enjoy the fitness wellness community so much more than the commercial real estate community. Oh yeah. And I think, listen, I think the proud of yourself is a really great question that everybody should be asking every single day. Yeah. It's a great question to be asked when you put your head at your pillow at night. Am I proud of the person that I was today? Yeah. And if you're like, I'm not really sure, like you've got some, you've got some decisions to make about how you're treating yourself and other people and how you're spending, you know, your time. And if I would, I mean, I, I, I can honestly say I'm very proud of the, the person I am. I feel like I make decisions in line with my values and mission. And I consciously think about those things, um, on all the actions and activities you know, that I, that I do, because again, I think the guilt of not being proud of myself would eat me alive um, and not doing the right. That doesn't mean that someone's priorities has to be mine and vice versa, but I, I know, I know what makes me proud of myself and my actions. It's and all, I, you know, you, you also, Anne, and, and I've been by your side through, you know, people uh, taking aim at you, right. And putting a target on you. It's very, if you're not proud of yourself and you don't put your head on the pillow at night, saying, you know, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm a good person. You know, like though, if you truly don't feel that about yourself, right. When people are shooting arrows at you, it's really tough to, to, you know, stay centered and be able to keep pushing forward when you're under fire. And, you know, something as simple as like, again, a buddy of mine today, just literally be like, Hey dude, like can't hear this narrative anymore. You know, I'm unfollowing you, but it's all love. You know, it's like, Oh fuck. Really? Like, shit that's my homie like you know but mm -hmm. you know i'm sorry he feels that way but again it's all love you know 
Right. It, and, and I said, walking out of the gym after training this morning, I just looked into my camera on my Insta story and I said, you know, um, I hope you checked the boxes this morning and got your sweat in because curveballs are coming your way and I hope you knock them out of the park. Yeah. That's what we do as entrepreneurs, as people in business, as people that are not afraid to put themselves on camera and put it out into the universe when other people are going to talk negatively and come at you because of their own insecurities. Like, I don't give a fuck about other people's opinions of me because at the end of the day, it's really, really sad if they truly don't have the confidence in themselves to make something of themselves because they have one life to live. So yeah. what are you going to do? Like, are you going to sit in the, in the, we talk about this all the time. Are you going to sit in the stands and talk shit about the people on the field? Like, no, get on the fucking field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, you learn and some, sometimes you have to go through it. When I, when I was a 20 some year old and didn't know myself very well yet and people were taking shots at me, I was just like, oh my gosh, is that true? Is that, is that what people say? And you, you sort of want to go knocking on doors and explain yourself. And obviously the older you get, you realize Listen, if you've got a big enough profile, uh, or even if you don't, friends, family, people are going to judge you if you do and judge you if you don't. Some people just love to talk and it makes themselves feel, makes them feel better about that. But to your point, Jay, when you are so certain about who you are, that's, you know, again, that BuzzFeed article that came out three years ago or two and a half years ago, whatever about me, it's like, the reason I think it wasn't so rattling was because of that, of like, I know who I am. I, and, and this article paints me one way and I, and I can see that, but that is not who I am. And that is not going to take me down. It would have been different if it was like, yeah, I, I really was abusing people or do these things. Like that sure. might have been a different story of me checking myself and saying I need to step away. Um, but it but it wasn't that. And I think that's a really important part of really important lesson to take from this podcast is to get really certain on the type of person you are. And frankly, not just saying the type of person you are, if you don't have consistent examples of the values, right? Brene Brown actually has a great exercise where she challenges you to pick these three values. And it's not just deciding, right? Oh, I, I'm these things. It's no, no, no. You need to write down 10 examples, if not more, and not just once. What about this year, last year, the year before, where you honored that value, that you displayed, that you exercised that value instead of just you hoping that you like exude this thing because as you know talk is cheap and action is where all of that stuff is so yeah i, uh, I, I really think also you know you, you the most important thing is self-awareness right like i think as a proud alpha male i've defended myself out of pride and ego for again, far too long, you know, through my life, I would say, you know, up until I turned 40 and I, my mindset started to change, you know, I really started to look within and realize that I had a lot of shitty qualities, you know, like I, there were a lot of things that I put a wall up against and acted as if I was better than I actually was. And that's when the work started, you know, that's right. when I really started to work on myself and, you know, and, and the work's never done. And, and I'm human. And like, you know, regardless of the fact that I will check the majority of the boxes, if not all of the boxes that I expect to check for myself today, 
I could still, you know, be off and not know exactly what it is that's bothering me. And if somebody comes at you in that moment of weakness, you know, you don't know how you're going to react. And, you know, all I do know is I will never have a drink in 2023. Like, you know what I mean? And and as a result of that, like that accomplishment with which, you know, when I started 75 hard and I would never have ever said that I will not drink for a full calendar year. Um, and the thought of, of, of that now is just not scary. It's exciting. So it's weird how you can really change in a short amount of time. Yeah. I forget the dude's name, uh, who was in entourage, Adrian Grenier. Yeah. Grenier. There is a great podcast with him actually with ritual where he, it was, it was right before COVID and his girlfriend, did you hear this one? Of course. Yeah. Broke up with him and he's like, what you're, you're breaking up with me. Like. I have everything. And she just says, you're a terrible person. <laughs> like you are a terrible, and I want nothing. Like, this is not who I want to be with. And, yeah. and he, he was just like a ton of bricks and, and he asked her to like, really give it to him and, and explain and whatever. And she did. And he, you know, because changed his whole life, totally. I mean, like complete 180. I mean, this guy now lives on a farm and obviously yeah. he had to do the work on himself and figure out if that's who he really wanted to be. They yeah. got back together, right? They like, did. They yeah. did. I wonder they're if they're married. still together. I'd like to I know think that. they're married. I'm pretty sure they're okay. married. But yeah. yeah, they live on a farm and all about sustainability and just yeah. like his whole world of what was important. Same thing. Chasing the parties, the ego, the sure. cars, the, you know, all of those types of things. And I also guys want to tell you, if you're into cars and like having a Lamborghini is a, by all means, like work toward having a Lamborghini. But if you're in it for the ego and you're in it just for like, the, the chasing because you're trying to mask up insecurities, like that's the difference, right? You can have a Lamborghini and have great self-esteem and not be insecure, right? I, 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 a million I, percent. I, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm an obsessed car person. I, I've bought and sold four cars in the last you know year and a half. I'm not normal. I grew up in a car dealership family, right. so that was like just normal for us to have access to different cars. I agree with you though, Anne, because ultimately, you know, just I, there were not many things I enjoyed. Like right. at, at this point, right? So having having goals and aspirations and rewarding yourself for the hard work you're doing, I think is really important, right? So to to each their own. For you know, some people are very into watches. Some people are into things that you know would have no interest. I'd have no interest in. Um, and I think it's it's you know to each their own. It, it, but there are plenty of people out there, kind of you know, hustle culture renting the Lamborghini and taking yeah. photos of, you know, that is uh, not what we're talking about. Yeah. And guys, I, you know, as, as somebody who's worked to create her wealth, like I, I've learned and understood what money means to me. And I, I like, I have on these, uh, I joke about, I have on these $30 white Amazon shoes that I love and my friends make fun of me for it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know anything about brands and, and it's not shaming people if they do. I just don't care. I'm like, I, if I could, these shoes could cost $2,000 and I would still buy them because I like them. Yep. And like, I, I like how they feel on my feet and I like how they look. So it's what I have learned of getting money over the years and earning money. Don't let anybody tell you how to value money. My guys at Goldman Sachs, you know, want to try to convince me that, that my money with my pot of money with them needs to continue to grow, 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 grow. And that podcast I was telling you about with Bill Perkins, when he just beautifully explains the intersection of time, health, and wealth, it's like, on what planet is like having 
growing my net worth till the day I die. To explain how that makes any logical sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. Actually, having, you know, I listen to the podcast and I'm halfway through Die With Zero now. And, um, you know, I think the philosophy is amazing. It's, you know, it's really, um, it's really about, you know, time, right? Like that, think about it. I, he said it actually on, on the podcast or, or it's part of the book where, you know, would a 20 year old with zeros in their bank account trade with a 90 year old billionaire? Jay, I don't even think that 20-year-old would trade with a 30-year-old. Like, you want 10 million bucks, you, you want to trade 10 years of your life? People would be like... Well, that's oh. interesting. I don't, I'd be curious to see, because I think people would trade from... If you're 20 years old with, with zero money and you're a 30-year-old with millions of dollars in your bank account, some people might choose that. But ultimately, I think some would, actually. It's well, would, well, well, why don't you take it? How old are you today? 46. Would you trade? Would you tomorrow... For ten million dollars, go to fifty-six. No, but I'm also older. You know, like I have less time. I also have a career and and you know a foundation that I've built over twenty-two years of hard-ass work. For somebody that's early on that doesn't really have something, yeah. you know, like it's the insecurity of wait a minute, am I going to find something that mm -hmm. that I'm a thought leader in an industry as a result of because I've spent the time and think about it how tough was it to, for you to get where you are today it's day in and day out sacrificing so many other things i quite frankly don't know a lot of young people that would go through what you did to get where you are well one i loved every part of it because i love the process and two you you don't know it when you're in it of how hard it is so let me take it the opposite jay mm -hmm. if i could put you back to 36 but it's going to cost you everything you got pretty much would you do that hell no i love 46 i love where i'm at right now yeah no yeah because but then again we're talking about other issues that i was dealing with for the last decade you know so right. it took me a while to get where i am and a lot of hard work mm -hmm. so you know no because it's not it doesn't equate to dollars yeah ex exactly and it's just the exercise you guys is so good to do because you will realize if like huh are you living your life the way that you want to be and what you're saying is really important to you. Is it actually that important? And I, I, I like, there, again, there's just, and I feel like I've had a pretty healthy relationship with money, but it does make me think I had found myself in the last, I don't know, six to nine months in that once I phase of like, oh yeah, once I sell solid core, you know, in its entirety, then I'm like, why can't I do some of these things now? Like I have the money to do them, my body is healthy and able. Who knows, you know, in the next year what can happen? Like, I need to start having a little bit more of a balance there. Not, again, 100% over to the other side of things. But it's it's really important to think what in this decade that you're living in is available and accessible to you that may not be there in the next decade due to either marriage, you know, kids, whether it's, you know, aging, which I have my own views on, financial whatever just you know the 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 great reef might, might not be there like there's all of these things to consider and how valuable is it to you and then the same question like is the risk worth the reward you know is the security of 40 grand in your bank account worth uh sacrificing the trip to africa with your kids i think his example is and i think having the debate 
and figuring out what the answer is helps you feel good about the decisions and the life that we're living. Yeah, I mean, it was very interesting to hear his you know perspective, obviously on risk, right? And I've been a major risk taker, like in you know I'm a, I'm a I have three motorcycles. I you know was never concerned about my health and well being. You know, up for the earlier part of my life. Um, so you know when he talks about going wakeboarding on vacation and weighing out the risk of getting injured wakeboarding while on that vacation with a boat ready to go with his buddies on the boat ready to go and him saying no because you know he didn't really calculate when's the next time that i'm going to be able to do this no time soon and that outweighs the fact that yes i could potentially get injured uh etc etc but you know it's interesting because at a certain level you know, you could analyze the hell out of everything and take the joy out of things too. Um, but you know, I think it is important to be mindful of these things because so many people get so caught up in their everyday life that they kind of live in a bubble and are not even realizing, holy shit, 10 yeah. years just went by. You right. know, what did you do in those 10 years? How much did you enjoy those memories? Like, well, you know, it goes fast. It goes fast. It's like when I ask you, well, oh my God, what's your favorite thing to do? And they're like, ski. And I'm like, oh, do, you know, you must go all the time. It's like, I go once a year. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. Like, how can this be your favorite thing to do, but you haven't built a life where you can go, you know, on a consistent basis or be someplace in the winter? I'm guilty of it. I mean, yeah. I'm well, guilty of it. You know, snowboarder is one of my happiest things in life always was. And it's just, I don't make the time. Well, but Jay, as you've told me, it's not a but, I, you should make the time, but you know, your kids are old enough now where you yeah. know that's something you're going to be doing with them. And, and yeah. now you get two birds with same stone, quality time with your kids and an activity that you really enjoy. And, you know, that's important too. It's a kind of why I sold the Dominican house. You know, it's like, okay, this volleyball court's gonna have to come down in the backyard because I've got neighbors who are complaining. The volleyball court for me is a big reason why I love the DR house. And I that's going to take away so much of the the value and experience for me here it, it no longer makes financial sense for me to keep it some people might think that's nuts i don't care that's my my happy place and joy is is when i'm not working and not working out and you know do, doing things when i have an activity of choice it's it's beach volleyball and i want to put myself in a situation that i can do that on a consistent basis so yeah, I just thought the process of you guys are it's it's Bill Perkins, Die with Zero is his book. Also a great podcast with Peter Atia. Just really helps you sit and reflect, you know, that you're making these conscious choices about your life so that when you get, you know, in, in your seventies and eighties, you're not like sitting there with regret of I can't believe I, you know, constantly saved all this money and didn't go do any of the things I wanted to do and now it's less enjoyable when I'm at this age. So Yeah, I th- well, I think it's it's interesting too, because I think most people, you know, generations before us are really, you know, my father included are, you know, he's 78, not in the greatest health and concerned about, you know, spending, he he has money, but he's concerned about going out to a nice restaurant for dinner. Like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, enjoy I mean, whatever food you want. Like, totally. And yeah. I tell I tell my family this too, is that, you know, I, I do, I randomly will give, you know, I'll give strangers money. I give people money. I do these sort of things. You know, and you think about having a will, Jay, and I'm like, I don't want to leave money when I'm not, you know, one, I'm going to outlive a lot of the people that I have money in that will, uh, God willing. And two, like, what's if I don't and they live a long life, I'm going to give you this money when you're like 80 and 90 years old to do what with? Yeah. 
Right. Like exactly. it's, it's, it, and it's so silly. If you have money that you want to share today and you, my mom does the same thing. She did, doesn't have a ton of money, but there, there's a big part of her overall feeling like a responsible adult that she has money to leave her kids. You know, it's like why she works so hard. Yeah. So even though I don't want to steal that moment from her, I'm just like, mom, you're still young and able enough that like you're so healthy at, at 66 years old. Go spend this. Like we don't need it. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Yeah. But we yeah. have just this thing about leaving money behind. It makes us yeah. feel like we, again, are responsible and and whatnot. So um, people don't talk about money enough, in my my opinion, their relationship with it, what it means to them. Uh, it can it can do a lot of good, but it can also really mess with you. So I encourage all of you guys to have better conversations with money with yourself and with your loved ones. Um, all right, Jay. So if people today, you know, you, because you are somebody that I reference a lot and look to a lot and again, admire in that regard of making your life is just so different now, even when it was years ago yeah. and you are just this like shining example and I think a lot of people, once they get into their 40s, feel like they're past their prime, you know, except carrying an extra 15, 20 pounds on them. Sure. Just, you know, they just sort of accept mediocrity. So what would be your advice to to someone in, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, who like is feeling, yeah, like they're just like, things are fine, but life is pretty, pretty mediocre. Like, where do you get someone to start? Yeah, but I, I think that, you know, it's it's really infectious, right? Like if you start doing something different than what you typically do, whether that's, you know, starting with walking or going out for a jog or strength training or whatever it is, you feel good. And not only do you feel good, but, you know, you start to show up a little bit differently. People start noticing after, you know, after time goes on and you're consistent with it. Um, which feels good. And then ultimately you start looking better. And, right. you know, for me, it was always uh, that momentum that kind of, you know, not only kept me going, but encouraged me to kind of continue, you know, gradually taking it up a notch. Um, so, so it's I, it's movement, you think, like... Oh, no. yeah. So, I, you know, I think that, well, it, it's funny because to to do what I do, I need to, you know, I it, it's really about being as as clear as possible, right? Like making a lot of decisions in a day, both personally and professionally. Um, I just want to be clear. I want to feel as good as I possibly can to be able to operate at a high level. And my morning routine is what provides that for me, right? So, uh, and and not just the morning, my whole day, my whole day, which I refer to as dialed, which is what you were yeah. uh, mentioning in, in, in uh, the intro. So for me, it's, you know, I have to get my, I ha I have to get a fasted workout in every morning. Okay, so I intermittent fast religiously for probably going on four or five years at this point. So I don't eat till one p.m. Um, so it's either a cardio workout, a fitness class, or strength training at the gym, whatever it is for that day. Um, and then I I do a, a few different things just to set myself up for the day. And then I go about my day and uh, I eat similarly to you, Anne. I eat very simple, similar things. I like to make as few decisions around my food, around my how I'm dressing for the day. I essentially wear a very similar outfit every day. 
Um, I also try to wear outfits that allow me to jump in and out of workouts if they present the opportunity during the day, or even just to walk out of my office and go for a walk around the block. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm always in sneakers, uh, which is acceptable now, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's those types of things. And, you know, I think that just looking at it as trying to be 1% better today than, than you were yesterday in all areas of your life. Um, I spoke about this with our friend, mutual friend, Greg Scheinman, and he was like, that sounds crazy, Jay. Like you're trying to, you know, fill all your buckets every day. I'm like, I'm trying to, doesn't mean I'm successfully filling every bucket every day, but at least I'm mindful of, you know, the four, I, I break my buckets into four. Uh, I, a while ago, probably like five, six years ago now, somebody described this concept to me of, uh, you know, your mind, your body, your uh, business and your relationships as like four buckets to be mindful of and picture them as tables, uh, legs on a table. And the minute that you're not, you know, kind of keeping yeah. them equal, obviously a leg gets wobbly, the table falls over. Yeah. And now I'm very visual. So like once I, that was explained to me, I was like, wow, that that makes so much sense. Um, so I truly try to just at least be mindful of those things as opposed to early in my career, 1 million percent of my energy went into my business right. and my relationships around me were shit. And, you know, then I was married and, you know, I was not home frequently and traveling a ton and, you know, not being mindful of my relationship with Danielle, my relationship with my kids, you know, so on and so forth. So um, it'll never be perfect. But if you're mindful of these things and, you know, checking the boxes every day, you go to bed satisfied, at least, and proud of yourself for the day. Yeah. And Jay, I actually think it is doable because what you just said, as long as you're shoving out the other noise when things come of like, if this doesn't contribute to one of the legs of the table that I am building and and, and that I find honorable, it's it's a no. You know, I've ta- I talked about this with, with Brett and it's just like when someone wants to have coffee or a friend wants to whatever, like, you know, as you know, we're building ambition right now. And yes. that means I can't take on a whole nother project and have the same amount of time that I that I had before. So it goes in it goes in phases. And I am picky as F on who I spend time with. People ask all the time, do you want to go this, go on this ship, go copy? Hey, I really can't right now. Thanks for considering me. But you have to get really clear on does the thing just because you you aren't doing something with somebody else doesn't mean that you're available, right? Like there are Friday nights where I've spent working. There are Saturday mornings where I've spent working. Like it's 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 because that's where my priorities are right now. So if yeah. you can get clear on like my priorities are, you know, launching this new business, right? It's Brett, it's 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 my health and my wealth. It's keeping me in a place where I can feel like my schedule, that I don't get off my workouts. Like this is how I make decisions. And if it doesn't contribute to advancing this, it's a no. I'm very, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are guilty of this. I've been very guilty of it. Just because you're busy does not mean you're productive, right? Mm-hmm. So at a certain point in life, uh, in business, you start to realize that in a lot of ways, less is more, you know, where you have to, uh, you have to really look at and prioritize where you should be spending your time. We all have the same amount of time in the day, right? Like that's, you can't, nobody could argue that. 
if you're spending your time with people that want to quote unquote, pick your brain because they're starting a business or want to meet you for coffee because they want to understand what real estate's like or what ambitions like or what, you know, it becomes your whole day can go by and you really accomplished nothing that gets you closer to your goals. Right. And I think that's like the biggest lesson that you've actually helped me tremendously with and other really, really high functioning people that I know are so critical about who they're spending their time with and how it's spent. Uh, and I need to get better at that. I'm better now, but I need to be even better at that. And it's also, I'm a people pleaser. I was going to just say that. You know? I, I, I don't think that you, I mean, I would never have tagged you that, um, Jay. But again, if you feel that you are, it's something to be to be mindful of. But yeah, yeah it's like, you know, and it's just like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like the answer is no. Like, good, good luck with your business. I don't have time to take that on right now. You know, like you know what I, but what it is, is I'm, I have high emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and I'm involved in so many different things with so many different teams. So I know when I'm lacking in something and people need my attention and they need my FaceTime. So I'm already anticipating that because I have a great gut to understand, you know what, I need to spend a little bit more time over there, but I need to do it in a way that's efficient as possible right. and not take away from these other things that may be a higher priority, you know, but I still need to do that thing. But I need to do it in a way where it's not a crazy trip, you know, and, and so on and so forth. You need to do it as efficiently as possible, but you also need to, again, you need to be, you know, you need to keep all the balls in the air, which is not yeah. easy to do. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you what, and then I have two questions for you. When I was starting back on my feet, I I did not spend time with one person outside of my family that wasn't a volunteer at Back on My Feet, a member, a, a donor, somebody that was benefiting that organization. Now you could call that selfish. You can call I'm like, I don't really care. I knew what I was trying to do. And anything outside of that was a, just a distraction. And yeah. it was like, this isn't pushing this forward. And I am so fixated on this thing. And I don't want anything, not literally, like there wasn't one person that was not involved in that organization one way or another that I was spending any real quality time with. I was that dialed in and it, and it worked. Like that thing grew across the country. We raised millions of dollars. It was on every national, like when you put that much energy into something, that much time into it, you just are, you know, you're out working out pacing everybody else. So um, it's, it's obsession and it, passion. And that's yeah. why when, what I said, and how difficult was it to do what you've done, et cetera, et cetera. You're like, yeah, well, I don't think about it that way. Cause I loved every minute of it, et cetera, right. et cetera. Yeah. Because you're obsessed and passionate about right. what you're doing, right. which I think is the, no, if anybody can take one thing from this podcast, it's that if you are not obsessed or passionate about what it is you do every single day, you are wasting time. Yeah, I agree. And some people say, oh, Jay, I don't know what that is. How do I find it? Listen, you've got to pay pay attention, right? What do you love doing? What are you good at? Like what, you know, what problem can you solve by putting those things together, yeah. you know, and then how do you go start, start doing it? Is it going to be scary? Yeah, probably. But dude, it's been scary for any entrepreneur in the beginning and, and get your expectations in check. Stop, stop expecting it just to be guaranteed because that's never going to happen. And there's no guarantee if people say that, all oh, that, no guarantee in life. There isn't any relationship, any when you walk out the door that day, like nothing is. So stop letting that stand in your way of not doing the thing. Like, no, it's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable and that is okay. Go for it.
Okay, I got time for one question. I usually I have like a list of five, but I'm just going to ask you for you today, Jay. You know, success changes for us as we just talked about earlier the podcast, right? Success for you is finding the the other high before us. So I want to bookend that. When you put your head on your pillow at night now, how do you know if you've had a successful day? Staying as true to myself as possible, regardless of, again, you know, other people having their own opinions of it. It's typically people that are really close to you. Um, you know, you, you, you need to understand that self-care is the most important thing. And it's not, it, it, it's, it's not what other people perceive as important for themselves. It's what's truly important to you, right? So there are things... I had a conversation earlier today. It's like, you know, you spend so much time getting tattooed and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, but I basically spend my entire life at, when I'm awake, I'm doing what you were talking about earlier as far as I'm spending time with people that can help me on my mission. Um, um, uh, you know, it's an obsession of mine. Everything that I do is there's is purposeful, right? So for me, if I look at my own downtime as being at a tattoo parlor, sitting down with nobody talking to me in the zone, getting tattooed because it makes me feel good, that's what makes me feel good. You don't need to understand that. It's not a waste of my time because it's a very high priority for me. Yeah. That might sound insane to a lot of people, right. but I, it's therapeutic to me. I right. really, truly enjoy it. Um, and I think that, you know, that you have to take other people into consideration, of course. But at the end of the day, if your cup is not full, you cannot pour into anybody else's cups. And the people who are saying these things typically are the ones that need you to pour into their cups. Yeah. And I think remembering, the reason I love that question is everybody's had a different answer. Yeah. And it's another reminder that guys, six, just, be, just because Jay has this idea of success doesn't mean it to be yours. And we so often chase, you know, these societal, these biological, these familial sort of norms and pressures on what we think we're supposed to want. And you got to get really clear on what, how you're going to fall in love with your own life. And I can tell you my, my, my brother and sister, you know, would hate my life. My, my sister <laughs> lives on a, on a pretty much, you know, in desolate Grand Forks, North Dakota, you know, with like one neighbor around for 20 miles and like loves her life and wouldn't change it for the world where, you know, I got to get on a, I just got back from LA last night and I got a flight in two and a half hours. Like, it's like, she would lose her mind, but that, that's well, most people would, you most know, people would. most people would. And, but that's what fills your cup, right? right? Like, you know, and I think that's, it's interesting because I didn't really say what success is to me, but but, you know, that's where I'm at in my life. Like, I want to feel good, okay? So whatever I consider uh, feeling good and whatever boxes that I need to check to make myself right. feel good need to get checked every single day. And that will have the most positive ripple effect on everybody around me. And if I'm having a positive impact, then I'm happy. Right. Yep, and you're now at a phase where you know what those things are to uh, to to make your cup full. So you know and, what else I know, Ann? What? They're going to be different a year from now and yeah. three years from now. If you're doing it right, they are. Like that's, that's the right. beauty of it. Like I want to look at the end of my life and be like, I lived 15 different lives because I question. I'm curious. That doesn't matter. You know, this is important to me anymore. Why not? Okay, I'm going to change my life to do this. 
And my biggest fear is just having the same predictable life day in, day out. That, again, somebody else might want that and that serves them. That is my biggest nightmare of like, yeah. am I, am I, how am I pushing myself and how was my life different than it was last year? So no, nobody listening is concerned that you're not going to push yourself. <laughs> well, thanks We're for good. the validation. <laughs> Jay, where can people find you? Uh, Jason Ciano. No, I take that back. It's Jay Ciano, uh, J A Y underscore Ciano, S I A N O on Instagram. Uh, that's probably the best best place to find me that's where i uh, yeah most that's what i tell people share with like one medium there's just so many ways i'm like just that's all i can commit go to instagram you could find all yeah. these other things about me elsewhere from there so right yeah well thanks so much for the time energy and all of the advice and knowledge that you shared with everybody today thank you so much for having me this was fun Hey everyone, if you are loving these how-to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate you to follow, rate, and review. It helps us get these podcasts out to more people who are looking for these actionable items on how to make real progress in their life. Thank you so much. You know I appreciate you.